0: Welcome once again to Speaking of Strong Style, the show where we discuss the news, events, and issues surrounding New Japan pro wrestling. I'm Stephen Conway. With me as always... The snarling Jeremy Feinstone, we are ready for another week of talking about the uh, events that have been going on, a lot of them lately, heavy schedule in New Japan, uh, part of the Road to Dontaku series, which has been busier than most Road series. We've had quite a few interesting angles and title matches. We're going to get into those, and we're going to talk about Dontaku and preview that. But uh, we've had some title matches, some changes. We have more title matches to come. It's been uh, a very interesting week. Jeremy, overall, how did you feel about what you saw?
1: Felt like the information super highways there was so much information coming to me there were so many matches there was so much stuff coming from left and right what was happening on the 27th what was happening on the 29th it's got Sumi no Kuni. oh my goodness that was quite the show itself i uh i heard i heard you went and saw a show on broadway and Now, we all saw almost an off-Broadway match. So you saw two (laughs) Broadways in a couple of days. Maybe a third. Who knows? But (laughs) it's been wild, man.
0: (laughs) It's been very busy. And uh, yeah, I am traveling, as you can tell. Background's a little bit different i'm coming to you from a disclosed location i'll tell you exactly where i am i'm in new york city uh taking a little trip out here to uh to uh new york i have a midtown uh, i would show you the wonderful view this hotel room has except it's facing west and if i let any light in whatsoever i become a silhouette so this won't matter to the people on the podcast but anybody watching here on youtube uh i i I would not be able to show you my beautiful view that we paid a lot for but nevertheless uh i I, it blinds the camera completely right there so uh brad jeremy are there uh I'm very happy to see you guys. Yeah. Oh, Brad. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Yeah. I came here to to visit a little bit and uh, see some uh, see some shows, eat at some really good restaurants, went to the Guggenheim Museum today. So I'm cultured as hell. So ready to talk some wrestling.
1: You don't know you don't know thing is you're going. You went to New York from from Texas. I'm mm-hmm. going to Vegas from California. It looks like Moxley is going from AEW to New Japan. So. <laughs> Everybody's going everywhere. Let's talk about that. How about that? Moxley yeah. back.
0: Moxley's back. He's going to be a resurgence at Long Beach on the 21st, May 21st. Big show there at the uh, Pyramid, I believe, right? In the Walter mm-hmm. Pyramid in uh, Long Beach. So that's I love the, that, uh,
1: place. that place. That place is so cool.
0: It's the new home of PWG mostly, isn't it? Am I correct about that? Or is that the Globe? That's the Globe. The Globe. Globe, globe. Yes. Okay, the Walter Pyramid's a different building, but uh, as just as I was saying that sentence, I was like, wait a minute, I think that's a globe. Okay. For, uh, them. And so, uh, yeah, it, the Walter Pyramid, uh, fairly uh, decent-sized building there, and um, John Moxley's going to be a part of this show. We don't have an opponent for him or a situation for him yet, but he's going to be there. Uh, listed is still Will Ospreay and Hiroshi Tanahashi, two guys coming back from injury and we're going to get to Tanahashi he's a big part of Don Taku <laughs> not being on any of the cards him physically but uh, his presence was heavily felt and then uh, a very interesting thing an- another new title because wrestling doesn't have nearly enough of those jeremy uh, the new strong women's championship we'll talk about that <laughs> as the show approaches cuz i don't i don't understand why this exists but uh, we're going to do it it's mercedes mene stephanie becker uh whose uh, last name i might be mispronouncing i apologize stephanie if i am and then uh on the other side of the bracket so it's a semifinals and a finals of four woman one night turn matches and and, uh, on the other side willow nightingale from aew who's been terrific uh, in her appearances on uh, for that company and momo kogo who is uh, part of the stars faction for new japan pro wrestling coming off a concussion herself so the, the people there in uh in uh In Long Beach, you're going to be seeing some folks who, unfortunately, have had to take time off for injury. But Momokogo, uh, one of the stars, that's Mayu Iwatani's group, uh, the current IWGP champion. So I guess the storyline there is that uh, one of her underlings there in stars Mm -hmm. going after this new belt and uh yeah we'll see how that goes so that that's all we have for that so far
1: so apparently it's supposed to just be considered an invitational one of the uh one of the members of each of these rosters are all to come in and compete for this new strong title which you could then presumably assume that those are all the places that it would be defended at you know potentially cmll potentially ring of honor aew where Will nightingale is at uh mercedes challenging for the title elevates it it seems a little unnecessary to have it i guess because there's a men's strong title and a men's iwgp title they wanted to keep the mirror relation but there was a lot of head scratching on this one and they're gonna have to do a lot to uh establish this title with a high prominence my money's on willow nightingale uh i think she's in that position to to uh get a title and both elevate it but Honestly, it, it's up for grabs.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a strange thing because the reason the IWGP women's title was created in the first place was to, A, have a women's presence on the major New Japan shows because mm-hmm. Ushiro Road uh, likes the idea of bringing those two audiences together. And apparently from what little market research does leak out of Japan. You don't get a lot of this, but uh, the audiences for Stardom and New Japan have have, uh, overlap. There is overlap, but surprisingly separate. Apparently everyone was a little bit surprised at just how separate those fan bases are. So the idea of getting Stardom fans to come to New Japan, New Japan Japan fans to come to Stardom makes perfect sense. Understand why they're doing it. The other side is, of course, those North American-based shows, which they're planning on doing more of, where you would want a woman's presence because it's just... Strange not to have it in the United Mm -hmm. States. And so that was what the IWGP title was for. So that was going to be the belt, we thought, that was going to be defended on Strong and these shows here at which they tape Strong. It's a little bit weird that now we have two belts that are kind of doing the same thing, unless the plans have changed a little bit and they have decided to keep the IWGP title in Japan more and make this kind of an underneath thing uh, it, it's strange. I'm not. I'm not totally sure why they're doing it. It, it doesn't seem to have a different function, unless okay, okay. WGP in Japan. Totally.
1: Hypothetically, what do you do with the title if uh, Colin, Colin believes that it is stupid and we all know who's winning this title? He believes it's Mercedes. Yeah. If that happens, what do you do with it? Is she still someone that you bring in to AEW? Do you have Mercedes with the Strong title well, pr- premiering in AEW or anywhere else, like well,
0: well, if she's going weird... to have that title. Well, the strong title isn't necessarily going to be on AEW shows, and neither is No, it could
1: be, though. it could that's not necessarily true. These these titles are appearing everywhere. Aussie Open will have the, AE, uh, the strong titles in AEW at some point, so there is a perception factor that you have to think about mm-hmm. going into it because these titles are starting to pop up everywhere as you go. Kenta could show up at AEW at any point with that strong title with some degree of relevance in which they try to build it. Do you think that they would be successful in getting that women's strong title over at a higher level? Or do you think that it's perpetually going to remain at a lower level? And would that be damaging to Mercedes if that were the case? Well, the strong title is clearly an underneath title and on both the men's and
0: the women's side, I, 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 you know, Kenta, has it right now. And, and he's obviously a very legitimate guy and, and everybody takes him seriously, but that championship is not considered up there with the never title. It's not considered up there with, uh, some of the other uh, championships. I would say even the TV title is above it as far as mm-hmm. the pecking order goes. So it's, yeah, I guess it's just an underneath women's title right now, uh, which maybe they can do something with it. It's, I always thought the whole point of this was to have something on the North American shows. I guess this is just going to be it. So, (laughs) uh, you know, and in that case, it looks like it's got to be either Monet or, or Willow, just because Momokogo is not going to stay in the U S and hit every, uh, hit every strong taping. I mean, she could, but I don't anticipate that. I anticipate her being more on the stardom roster. And so, uh, you know, Willow does make a lot of sense. The question is how, and this is the big question, isn't it, Jeremy? If Willow Nightingale takes this title, you don't beat Mercedes clean twice in a row, do you?
1: No. You so have some how do, you, of how do you, interference. you angle your way into
0: this? How do you you have, you have
1: the Forbidden Door build come mm-hmm. out of this match. Whoever Mercedes might potentially face at Forbidden Door in some way, shape, or form, you parlay out of this match. Mm-hmm. Because of the Ring of Honor, because there's already a Tony Khan. It's not completely out of the question, and there will be a demand for her to be on this show, and it's starting to increasingly look like she may not be in WWE, so if it doesn't happen at Forbidden Door, there are only a few other dates where you potentially bring her in for a blow-away event, which is what you have to do. You have to bring her in for a blow event. Yeah, because she's
0: not cheap. She, I mean, no. and it, it would kill a lot of Uh, the gate at any show she's uh, Mercedes uh, does not work cheap nor should she by the way and so uh, it's not going to be something where she's going to be doing small shows there it's got to be the
1: only time I could expect her to work for a deal is multiverse united to against trinity fatu Mm -hmm. that's really my my biggest like takeaway of like that match may eventually happen it may eventually happen right there uh because I think she wants to give trinity the rub in some way, shape, or form, and uh, she'll make it happen. Other than that, all um, bets are off of what she could do, but be be conservative with how many times you beat this woman. If you put her in a tournament that she doesn't win, uh, you better have a very good reason why she's not winning. Well, they, I think they know that. You know, the one
0: thing about New Japan is that they, yeah. they do not overjob their, their stars, and that's uh, something they're very careful about. And, and of course, for Mox, Mox is coming to get his win back from Yano, according to Brad Reader there. That's an interesting uh, thought there. That's a, a possibility, as a matter of fact. But, uh, you know, there, we, we have no idea who Mox is yeah. facing.
1: We don't even okay. know much of a card other than Osprey and Donahashi. No, that's it. Uh, and, 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 the, and the women's and the,
0: thing. So, uh, uh, so that far.
1: takes up three uh, three matches, four, four matches of the card. Yeah, and, and that's yeah.
0: not and that's not anything to surprise you. Of course, a lot of titles have yet to be decided. Uh, Duntalku is going to have a lot to do with that and of course, New Japan doesn't announce things in advance of uh, big shows just because those tend to have consequences toward. Uh, future cards. So they're they're probably are keeping things pretty quiet on that one until after Don Taco. Also a
1: lot out. of the undercards gonna be in the middle of the best of the super juniors. They have a, yeah. like four or five matches yeah. underneath that uh have have people all over the place in, in, in the best of the super junior so they gotta yeah. add out the card out yeah
0: and Colin the, Colin is asking other you know, do they really do Monet versus Willow with Forbidden Door and that and he says that doesn't seem big enough. No We don't think they're going to do that. What we think they're going to do is uh, what, what Jeremy is saying they might do is have whoever Monet is going to face at Forbidden Door come out and cause her to lose to Willow. Willow then moves on with the strong title, whereas Mercedes, instead of chasing that strong title, is chasing whoever screwed her out of it uh and uh so it becomes it's not elegant
1: but it's you know just
0: a grudge match that's his theory on that i I, i'm just kind of baffled that the thing exists
1: i'm still kind of wrapping my head around. really an elegant solution
0: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so there we go so uh should we talk about uh road to don taku uh let's talk about the super junior first you want to do oh you want to do the lineup for super Junior? yeah let's do that let's talk about that let's bring that up And so, yeah, we've got uh, a lot of turnover this year. And I do think it is an upgrade. You felt it was an upgrade too. Mm -hmm. You like this uh, group we've got to
1: go on. Yeah, I was looking at it and there were a few people last year, and I'm going to be kind when I say this, that kind of had a stink of geek when they came in and they were (laughs) able to shrug it off afterwards. And when I look at this lineup, I do not feel that way about any of the guys coming in. Uh, you got Dan Maloney from Rev Pro coming in, that's new. Mm-hmm. You've got Kevin Knight, who uh, was not in it last year, but my goodness, is he ha- made a name for himself this year. Uh, he was in Mike- last year. Absolutely. He's got Mike Bailey as the Impact representative, replacing Ace Austin. You've got Kushida taking the place of El Fantasmo. And then I believe we have Leo Rush, mm-hmm. who is taking the place of Alex Zane this year all in all i believe a tremendous upgrade uh i was trying to suss out a number of things about this uh lineup and i kind of get the vibe that titan and bushy might face kevin knight and Kushida afterwards mm. uh clark connor seems like a final to go very very far uh, in this tournament this year uh mike bailey and leo rush uh that in the A-block with Hiromu Takahashi, that is an incredibly loaded lineup on that A-block. A
0: Let's uh, run down these blocks yes. very quickly. For anyone who's listening here can't see the uh, graphics, but in the A-block is Hiromu Takahashi, current junior heavyweight champion and uh, possible heavyweight champion. We won't know until after uh, Duntaku, but uh, Hiromu Takahashi's in A-block along with uh, TJP, Kushida, Ryusuke Taguchi, uh, Taiji Ishimori, Show. Doki, Titan, Leo Rush, and Mike Bailey. Moving over into the B block is Francesco Akira, El Desperado, Bushi, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, Yo, Robbie Eagles, Master Wato, Clark Connors, now with Bullet Club, of course, and Kevin Knight and Dan Maloney. So that's who is in each block. Now we're going to get a lot of information on where they might be going with this tournament at Dontaku. Reason being at Duntaco, they're going to announce the cards. You always get an idea of what the lineups are on the the first night and the last night, who's going to be heavily involved in the finish right there. So uh, we'll find out a little bit more uh, about the key matches on the first and last night. It's going to tell us a lot about who's going to be in on the finals there. There's a lot
1: of people that think Speedball is going to win this thing.
0: Yeah. I, you know, we'll see how it goes. And, and, I just hope we get no taguchi ass this year for Brad Reader Doesn't <laughs> want to see Teguchi's rear end. Yeah, uh, that that is uh, plenty old with me too, that whole act. Do
1: so. you do you have a gut feeling pick to win this thing at this point? Not Does... yet.
0: I, I wanna see I wanna see how they come out with it. There I mean there's some things that are I, I keep waiting for it to be El Desperado's year, but now that I'm looking at these lineups, it, it's very possible. I think El Desperado is going to be in it on mm-hmm. the final night. Mm-hmm. I think that the, our final night of Block play yes. for instance, if he, if he doesn't make the finals, I think Del, El Desperado will be the one that must be overcome in order to get into the finals. So, But if you look at who else is coming out of Block B right there, it depends on how hard they want to push Clark Connors. It depends on how hard they want to push Robbie in his new role with TMDK. Uh, I don't really see Yo, Master Wado, Kevin Knight, Maru, and Bushi, that whole set, going to the finals or winning the thing uh but uh, as far as the others go you really can't cut anybody out of it and on the other side you know Hiro was going to be involved until the very last minute bailey i mean don't count out leo rush either and so it's it's i'm very interested to see what the blocks the block matchups are and the order because that's going to tell us a lot then.
1: so if you really looked at everyone that Hiromu Takahashi has defeated
0: mm-hmm. in
1: the last five months. Uh, Leo Rush, Taiji Ishimori, uh, a lot of guys on here. There's a lot of guys that you can cross off as, as matchups that we've, we've already seen. For a lot of reasons, I'm circling Clark Connors as the guy to win the B block potentially beat Mike Bailey or Leo Rush after they eliminate Hiromu Takashi from it. Mm. And Clark Connors is kept away from Hiromu until Dominion, until that match happens. Because that is a different junior heavyweight that Hiromu has been facing up until this point. And it makes a lot of sense to do that matchup. And given all the momentum that they have, uh, I'm circle, circle, dot, dot in Clark Connors for this one because I feel strongly about that one.
0: And Hiromu is uh, so interesting. His the success in Super Juniors. He has won uh, four of the last five tournaments mm-hmm. uh, to, and the last three. So he's going for four in a row. don't think he's getting it, I think, now, uh, now, especially now that he's entering as champion. So let's see what some of the comments are on this one. Uh, Brad says, I love the lineup. I just hope we, had, we talked about that one. No Taguchi, but we agree, Brad. Interesting to see how Dan Maloney fits into United Empire. Yeah, me too. I, I like the dude. I think it's a good fit for him. And uh, I, I would pre- replace Taguchi with Ace Austin. That comes from Colin, uh, but that's just me. I, you could replace Taguchi. If he's going to if he's gonna be goofy Taguchi and it looks like that's all he is these days anymore and you don't really get serious Taguchi all that much, uh, then you can replace him on any card right there. He's the, the junior anyway, Yano, and I'll take I'll – take, I'll say no. Fun on. fact,
1: when I compared the render from the best of Super Junior 29 and the best of Super Juniors 30, mm. Ryusuke Taguchi was the only one that was repeated.
0: <laughs> oh boy. How about that? Uh, yeah. And Brad says, I think we can get Clark versus Leo in the final. That'd be an interesting match. I'd like to see it. And uh, let's go Doki. I think he can have a great run this year. At least I'm hoping, but a block is stacked. It really is. There's mm-hmm. there's some really interesting names over in that a block. And you know, I'm in the tank for, uh, for Doki right there. And he does seem to be uh, on an upward trajectory. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, about the key matches from this last week. His match with Naito was very, very good. And not to be discounted is that Naito in the post-match comments said that a lot of very nice things about Doki. And he doesn't always do that. He doesn't always make post-match comments in the first place, but this time he kind of made a point of talking about how uh, far Doki had come, how he must be pretty tough to survive all those years in Mexico on the Indies and all that. So uh, seeds are being planted. I don't know if this tournament is the time to launch him or not. I'm not saying it's not, it's not saying it is, but, they don't do stuff like that by accident. Him winning Naito's respect is part of the story of Doki coming up.
1: Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it later, but I am really coming around to the fact, to the idea that uh, just five guys and LIJ feud for the last two months has been one of the best things of 2023. Mm-hmm. It has been a lot of fun, these guys going, going against each other for the last couple of weeks.
0: And Clark Connors is Collins' other pick to win if Speedball Mike Bailey does not. Yeah, I, a lot of. Well, this is the fun part, isn't it? I mean, for the yeah. for the first time in years, we really have five or six guys that could legitimately uh, that could legitimately win this tournament, and plenty of different combinations for the finals right there. So. Uh, of course, once they announce all those cards at Talk, we're going to really parse them out here on the show and see what we're gonna we We're going to need to fill for...
1: out 90 minutes next week with one show <laughs> to review and a bunch of cards to
0: preview. Exactly right. So, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So that's Best of the Super Juniors coming. And, of course, that's always one of the better tournaments of the year, even in years where the lineups aren't uh, everything you'd hope for. But even the pandemic lineups, they were good shows. They were good wrestling matches. Yeah. And uh, all the people, even the ones we discounted from winning, like Watto, Yo, and Bushi, uh, those are really good workers.
1: Really good workers. So it's. We had... We're taking educated guesses here, but everyone's right when they say that this is a fucking stacked card. Yeah. And yeah. there are going to be very few stinkers that we are going to be talking about during the month of.
0: Yeah. We didn't even discuss Kushida as one of the better junior heavyweights in the last generation. Back after so, five years, six yeah, years. Very cool. After his sojourn to the WWE, uh, and obs- WWE obscurity. he's back in a place where, uh, he's appreciated. Same with, uh, same with Leo he's in a company that can appreciate
1: what he does. It feels right. Then being here, it feels right.
0: It does. Yeah.
1: Should we get, should we get to the main card?
0: Let's do it because we had some, uh, key matches and some, uh, title matches, Um uh, gonna get into my notes here which are in a different spot than usual here in this uh thing so we have uh we were at hiroshima sun plaza which is uh uh, that is uh, Naito's second home here. Uh, of course, he has uh, been adopted by the Hiroshima Carp, uh, Japanese baseball team. Uh, they tend to wear uh, LIJ gear. He tends to wear Hiroshima Carp jerseys once again, throws out the first pitch of their games uh, fairly often. So even though Naito is from Tokyo, he's a, a, an adopted son of Hiroshima. So he main evented against... Uh, well he was well he had a big match he had a special match against Stoking. the main event of that one was takahashi and kanemaru but it was uh, at the hiroshima sun plaza on the 27th and it drew 1614 so strong crowds uh, overall not necessarily sold out everywhere but strong crowds leading up to duntaku which uh, from what i hear does have a, a very solid advance uh, so hiroshima sun plaza we, we there's a full card here of preview tags and things but uh, the main things we want to talk about were these key matches and Doki and Naito went 15 minutes and 55 seconds. Naito did get the win right there, but I mentioned uh, there was uh, a lot of respect given to Doki afterwards. Uh, Doki attacked before the bell. There was a, a long setup to uh, a, a long buildup to a, a daybreak move. That's the, uh, thing where he kind of springboards himself over the top rope and DDT's his opponent. Really good looking move. Uh, he had a, a, a long setup for that, but he, and then he hit it on Naito. Uh, very dramatic kick out there. Uh, he turned a death Valley driver Naito did into a Destino, which looked really good. Uh, and that was a kick out from Doki, but he was in big trouble. That was at the 10 minute mark. Uh, had a really nice wheelbarrow German suplex from Doki into uh counted into a Valencia. And uh, then the Destino for the win. Uh, r- again, we mentioned it on the show last week. Doki just having a major singles match with Tetsuya Naito is a career boost for him. And to have a really good match was his job here. Not to beat him, not to make any other impression, except to have a big match in a big spot and come through. And I think he did his job. Naito got a win in his adopted home. And uh, I think this did exactly what it was supposed to do. And I think Doki's a little taken a little more seriously.
1: So I said just a couple minutes ago that this feud has been really delightful and just kind of a surprise when just four guys came around and we we were just like, what is this? Like, okay, let's entertain this. Let's see what they do with this. And then we had the cup uh, and then the Sonata joined and then he won the title. And all of a sudden, everyone had just kind of like, what? We got to take these guys seriously. Or at least the company is taking just five guys, seriously. And we need to start really paying attention to what they have planned. You know, I got to admit, I I do get a chuckle about the five guy memes that they do whenever they go to the restaurants and and all that. And just leaning into it hard and nobody really paying attention or caring about any copyright issues or anything. I just have fun with it. So this is just an example of that. And we've had a number of matches and we'll talk about a number of matches over over the last week in which, LIJ in the ring has elevated just five guys in the ring the same way that just five guys has been tried to be elevated outside of the ring with the prominence of the new stable. This is the kind kind of feud that they need to be given the sense of like, hey, we belong here too. We are a viable stable and the audience is behind it. And I'm just – like, I didn't think this was going to happen. I will flat out say that I didn't think that this stable would be as successful as it is now. But they are they are behind the stable. And it is a motley crew of guys. But let's drop let's a rocket and see what happens.
0: And, uh, of course, Doki going to be part of the Best of the Super Juniors. We'll have to see how far he goes. Colin's asking here, by the way, do they do English commentary for Best of Super Juniors? They announced that Kevin Kelly is going to be doing – and Chris Charlton for most of the the shows anyway when they're in Tokyo, uh, Kevin and Chris will be doing those shows live. So Kevin's going to be traveling out to Japan and doing English commentary for Best of the Super Juniors. Uh, front to back, I think uh, the whole tournament is going to be uh, live with English commentary. Won't have to wait a few days, which is
1: great. Dan is remote live, and then the Super Junior will all be live. There you have it.
0: So, yeah. All right. Now, uh, moving on in that show there, we had the big one between Naito and Doki. We also had uh, Kevin Knight and Kushida challenging Akira and TJP, Francesco Akira, that is, uh, Catch-2-2, for the uh, junior heavyweight tag team titles.
1: Jet Setters.
0: Yeah, the Jet Setters. And, of course, uh, we talked about this would be a way to launch Kevin Knight. Kushida's a made man in New Japan, always will be. And uh, they've done what they need to do with – TJP and Akira so this could be a way of launching Kevin Knight turned out it was now uh it wasn't a perfect match there were some awkward moments particularly with Knight he wasn't all the way there and some of the some of the not all the smoothness is there but boy He's really a little
1: nervous in a big match feel. (laughs) Yeah.
0: And and it was uh, clearly the biggest match of the guy's life. Not even close. He hasn't had all that many. The guy was a young lion, not all that long ago. And I'm not trying to discount him at all. The man's fantastic. He's really talented guy, incredibly athletic and has really picked up on, uh, a lot his timing is better than most at this stage in their career so I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kevin Knight's going to do but there were some little, little hiccups
1: T-J- here TJP put his eyebrow in this and yeah. it changed the mood of the match it made it feel like a gritty war for the junior heavyweight titles and uh, I think it kind of helped it like it was you know fortunate fortunate juice I guess you call for, it fortu- fortuitous juice, is fortuitous what Dusty juice. Road, It's
0: what Dusty used to call it <laughs> fortuitous juice
1: Uh, I definitely think that happened in this match. So, So walk us through what happened.
0: Yeah, so we had uh, Kushida uh, went to uh, – oh, gosh. Hey, i got to read my own handwriting now. I usually have these typed out, but we around in a hotel. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, Kushida went to uh, to the wrong corner at one point to make a tag from Kevin Knight. The ref said, no, no, you're actually in that corner. You have to get that right. <laughs> he did. He ran around there. Uh, Knight went for a Rana off the ropes on TJP. Now, this is something that really only Knight can do. Uh, he sets his opponent up on the, the top turnbuckle or he's already there, and Knight can – just run, plant, jump up, and Hurricane Rana man, off the top turn buckle. He did it on TJP, and except this time, Akira grabbed TJP and stopped him from flying off. So it was a way of uh, kind of countering that move. But then he nailed it a little bit later uh, and uh, hit uh, on Akira, and then the uh, they did this move. Now, let's talk about this move, Jeremy. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about, right? I think so. I think so. It's... It, it's not working. It, it's breakdancing. It's literally a breakdancing move. This is where it came from. I'm old enough to remember breakdancing in the 80s, electric boogaloo turbo. Uh, but it is a breakdancing move where a guy stands there. The other guy comes up with a way either through cartwheels, flips, or however hell else you want to do it. It's 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 all very athletic where they're holding each other's ankles and rolling across the ring together. The issue is you can't get any, momentum doing it it certainly it doesn't pick up speed it's not like a snowball they're really struggling to get there and so it just comes off as slowing everybody Uh, down and then someone has to uh, it's it's uh, like it's like when you try to do a catapult and the guy doesn't quite get up for it you know like you when you you know what i'm talking about the catapult into the turnbuckle and it doesn't quite work right and it just looks really bad this move isn't working for (laughs) me
1: Fumbling into the yeah. fumbling in the direction. So he hit that into an EDT. They <laughs> did hit it though. They hit it. It didn't look
0: <laughs> great, but they hit it. Uh, the breakdancing move on Akira and uh, got the pin on him out of that. So uh, like I said, a couple of little hiccups right there, but but uh three, three excellent workers and then a guy kevin knight who is well on the way to being an excellent worker on his own and working with Kushida is only going to help working with guys like tjp and akira and uh, akira francesco akira, is only going to help we have new junior tag team champions everyone is taking kevin knight seriously he's doing really well in the backstage comments also uh, he's a strong talker so my goodness i mean this guy is uh There are things about Kevin Knight that remind me a little bit about Carmelo Hayes. Oh, my God. I was going to tell you the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, and not that they they do not have the same working style, but as far as just looking at a guy and just thinking, you know, there's really nothing here that can't be developed into something special. He's not missing anything. He just needs to develop it.
1: I was like, if you took Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams and you combine them into one person, you would get Kevin Knight. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it, those two together. But, yeah, it, it's not um,
1: – there's just nothing missing. No, no, he's the, the real deal. He he's, he's, yeah. he, is a guy that WWE would pay money for in about five years. If mm-hmm. he if if his momentum continues the way that it is, the future absolutely bright for them. Yeah, and I want to bring up something that
0: Brad just brought up. Because it is part of the show, something we had not seen before at the beginning of this show for both title matches, and we're about to talk about the other one, Hiromu versus Kanemaru, mm-hmm. and then this one here. They brought out the champions and challengers for an in ring contract signing that did table. not at the table in the ring that didn't turn out to didn't turn into a brawl. It was they did not follow the WWE group blueprint about this, but uh, I you know, for this.
1: It was their press conference that they normally do, but they just did it before the show.
0: Yeah, I, I do. You, what do you think? Did you like this? Did, is this something you would like to see going forward? It was or...
1: fine. I was. I had to admit, I like. I looked at it like. I don't have time for this. And I just kind of like moved on. But I was like, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't live in English. So we I had no idea what I was, was saying, just yeah. like, okay, so we're doing, we're title signing. This is, this is cool. I've never seen it on the English ones. I, I assumed it was relatively new because most of the time before we do this show, I would yeah. just wait, watch an English translation or fast forward to here or there, back, back to the thing. So it was like, this is the first time I'd seen it, but I didn't know if they had done this a long, long time ago or anything. So it was just like, well, uh, that's cool, new something for... to pay attention to. Yeah,
0: it's, it's new. I, I
1: don't know. I, I,
0: I don't necessarily want them running angles off of that too much. Uh, Stardom actually does more physical angles in their press conferences than even New Japan does. New Japan often does uh, talking, and sometimes some mm-hmm. really good talking at those press conferences. Not never. Once in a while, there's a little bit of physicality there, but uh, we've seen Stardom actually do uh, more of that. And of course, WWE, it's you can practically set your watch by uh, those because they do it the exact same way every single time, virtually. So uh, I, I don't know if I want to see it all the time. Sure, uh, it, you know it's, but um, once in a while, I suppose for here it was okay because we didn't get the normal press conference.
1: I would say that it is important to make the title feel important, and this is doing that. Okay. But for me personally. The importance of watching a press conference for a New Japan show consists primarily of the Wrestle Kingdom uh, press conference, the Dominion press conference, potentially the G1 press G1. conference, G1. and G1. then there's one or two around there that, for whatever reason, I don't want to check out because of a hot match. It's not like if I'm watching the show, I'm already into the match. I don't need the I don't need the contract signing because I'm already here for it. But yeah, for but... the sake of a presentation. I get why they're doing it, but it's window dressing
0: for me. It, it, is, it is strange to do it the day of. I mean, everyone's already bought the ticket, literally. Yes. They're, they're sitting what there. What happens
1: already. if they decide they don't want to do the match? <laughs> yeah, do they I just give know. up the title? Like, here you go. You, you, you won't cut the title. You yeah. get the title. No. Yeah. Yeah,
0: a, little, a little odd. But, you know, uh, once in a while, right?
1: Once in a while. Sure. Because uh, uh, af- of belief and all that. After that, we have
0: the match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Romo Takahashi and uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru. So this is another uh, Just Five Guys and lij matchup and i want to talk about the logistics of Hiromu takahashi's alien ring jacket so this is the jacket he comes out with you can see a little bit of it there in the picture it's got all the little branches with little alien eyeballs hanging off it, the right there very scary and uh you know he comes out i just want to know a couple of things here jeremy i want to know how the hell he transports that to the arena does it have a case does, is there a giant bag? It, 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 is it delicate? Does it come apart? Because it just, I keep watching this jacket and it's got like six or eight or nine of these things coming off and, and they come out in the little eyeballs that surround Hiromu like he's being, uh, like this alien is growing out of his back or something like that. And that jacket has to be really hard to transport without messing it up. <laughs> I, I, like, You're not wrong. Thing? You're I not wrong. I'm off. trying yeah. to
1: think about the logistics here. I'm imagining yeah. either you hang it in the truck along with the rest of the ring stuff uh, in a nice delicate corner, or you take apart the back. And you unscrew all the eyeballs and you put them in a briefcase, like candy canes here or there, and then you can fold up the rest of the jacket. But you know what? Honestly, with Legend of Zelda coming out in a week, this doesn't even bat an eye for me. <laughs> and I'm just getting more hype for Legend of Zelda when I see this thing. So just... Just keep talking, and I'm going to be talking about Zelda while we <laughs> I,
0: I, I'm just I was just curious about that, because it's a, its such a cool-looking thing. It's, it really is a badass jacket right there, but I just it don't is, know how it It how is
1: out-cooling out Okada's jacket. I that.
0: would absolutely not entrust it to the ring crew, though. They, they can't even tie the Yoshinoya pad on correctly. <laughs> that thing comes off every single time. Too easy. Anyway, uh, uh, the match begins. Now, this is one they had to work hard to convince us that Kanemaru was – a credible challenger this is the deal they have to do with hiromu all the time there just aren't that many people on hiromu's level so hiromu has to try to convince us that his opponent is and of course they did this one with knee and leg work makes perfect sense kanemaru uses the figure four and he went right to work on that knee and the leg uh, throughout the match. Did a lot of count-out teases, which was kind of cool. They're good at him. Uh, so they teased the thing that Kanemaru would do something nasty to his leg on the outside. And Hiromu was really fighting harder each time, getting a little bit closer to that 20 count before sliding back in at the last possible second. And uh, Red Shoes actually bumped a little bit, and uh, Kanemaru went for the Suntory. And uh, he tried to do it. However, uh, he super kicked it right out of Kanemaru's face, and it all went uh, flying. Hit a time bomb for two. There was a jumping DDT off a turnbuckle for two. Uh, Brainbuster for two point nine on Hiromu. Let me tell you what Kanemaru hit a brainbuster, and Kanemaru uh, uh, Hiromu did a wonderful job of counting of of kicking out at the very very last uh, millisecond. The audience bit. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, figure four spots, there were plenty of those again, where Hiromu was really selling the leg hard. And uh, there was a long battle to get a suplex, and uh, he managed to hit the Brain Buster at the 30-minute mark, near fall exchange there, and then Time Bomb 2 won it uh, shortly after a very hard lariat that he's apparently learned from uh, Shingo Takagi. Uh, it looked so good, the announcers even called it a pumping bomber on uh, Japanese commentary. So, And there it was. So a uh, long match. Let me get the time on that one because uh, it, it went a while and it did not feel like it was one minute long. 58 seconds. Uh, oh, Takahashi and Kanemaru. Yeah. 31:58. 31:58 on Takahashi and Kanemaru there. So a uh, long match, but uh, again, these two are, are really, really good. And I think Hiromu, uh like you said, did a good job of getting people to think that it was actually going to happen. And uh, Takahashi retained, he will go into this match with sonata don taco the junior champion and then also because that title is not on the line at don taco he'll be the champion going into best of super juniors what'd you think of this one uh, again kind uh, uh one of the older hands but uh the man knows every trick and he had a hundred different ways to attack that knee and the leg and it bled right right into the story
1: it's a lot of parallel to what you're saying about the match with naito uh he had to have a match to elevate his stable and to make him feel like a contender and to have the big, big fight. A lot of people did not feel like he was going to win this title. There were, you know, like you could logic yourself into, you know, Hiromu can lose before challenging uh, for the other one and make it seem like he could really win the other one. But it, that theory falls apart when you really scrutinize it. You don't want to make your, challenger look like a geek right before he goes into his uh, iwgp title match so you know a lot a lot of parallels to that he stepped up uh, just five guys to step it up i'm waiting to see what uh talking mishinoku does to to earn his spot in this stable because right now the other guys are doing all the heavy lifting <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's and Taka has been at the very bottom of the Suzuki-gun lineup for a long time, so it's going to be tricky to figure out a way to get him in there. Maybe they will, who knows. But uh, you know, I I think it says a lot that they didn't bother to put him into Super Juniors this year as far as uh Taka. Taka might be more of a talker and, and really before he started wrestling and losing all the time for Suzuki-gun, he was basically Zack Sabre's mouthpiece for about a year. Mhm where he would only wrestle occasionally, but he was mostly there to cut promos on behalf of Zach. Now of course Zach doesn't need anyone to cut promos for him back then he did. And mm-hmm. uh, it helped him. But yeah. And now he can he could be the mouthpiece. He could be a manager for him. He could be the ghetto for
1: uh, just five guys and that would be fine. Talk is good at it. Could it could there be a fifth guy and talk could just be the mouthpiece for five other guys? He could do that. Yeah, why not? Maybe, Maybe there's another guy good. coming away. Maybe, you, know. yeah, you never know
0: uh yeah and so there uh there we go with that so that was the show and hiroshima we're going to move on to kagashima now that was uh, a couple of days later on the 29th uh 2120 folks showed up at Kagoshima. they're another good uh, strong crowd and uh we had some things going on uh, on the undercard there, mostly preview tags again and uh a lot of uh, post-match beats downs from Bullet Club on guys like Tama Tonga, Hikaleo. There was a lot of that type of thing. Uh, we also had, of course, uh, the constant clashes between, uh, the speaking of strong style group and, yeah. oh, and, <laughs> and, and of course, uh, Ishii and Desperado are particularly peeved at one another, so there's a lot of that going on, and that would lead into some events later on in the week. But uh, we're going to go uh, – is there anything you wanted to add from the undercard there, should we go right to the IWGP?
1: Car? It honestly just felt like we were at, let's get to Duntaku, because we are done building all of these cards yep. and uh, we are spinning our wheels. There's okay, a lot of cool. wheel spinning.
0: Well, let's just go right to that tag team title match. Cause it was Woo! terrific D- to determine the best tag team in Australia via the IWGP championship TMDK. That's Shane haste and Mikey Nichols, uh, been around a few more years in Aussie open really Aussie open, uh, was considered the new TMDK when they came up, they said, well, these guys are really good. It's like, a, it's like another TMDK. So now we see him clash for the IWGP heavyweight tag team championship. The strong title is not on the line in this one. It's just the IWGP belts. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there was a lot of selling from Kyle Fletcher early in this one. This was mostly uh, and Nichols working over Kyle. So he played Ricky Morton for about the first 10 minutes. Uh, but then after that, there were some great back and forth sequences. And these guys are all very smooth. These are two very smooth tag teams. And it really came through there. Uh, Nichols, let's see, Nichols hit a, uh, let's see, a big move when the Aussies, oh, yes, when the Aussie open tried that front back clothesline, you know, where they one clotheslines them in the front and one clotheslines them in the back. And uh, he managed to get out of that. Uh, and then he threw some hard chops uh, after getting, uh, after firing up there. Uh, Nichols managed to avoid that move a couple of times. And uh, yeah, they got a got a body block off the top and then a topak on Hilo to rally TMDK. And then TMDK used the Coriolis on Fletcher. But Davis broke it up, uh, shoving uh, Nichols into the hole. The I love that
1: so, picture of them using their own finisher on him.
0: Yeah, very clever right there. And uh, TMDK then hit the uh, assisted drop off of uh, Nichols' shoulders. That's where Nichols has the guy up, uh, almost like he's going to power slam him. And instead, uh, Haste jumps off and helps him drive him face first into the mat there. Uh, the good-looking move right there, and uh, that, that was used. Uh, Fletcher was in peril for uh, most of the la- later part of the match, too, selling the beating he had taken earlier. And uh, Corey Ellis' attempt on haste was broken up by uh, by Nichols there. And then Aussie Open hit uh, pile drivers on each. Mm-hmm. That was Davis hitting his uh, tombstones on each. That left Shane Hayes isolated. Then they did hit the front-back clotheslines that they had been working so hard to avoid. Uh, clothesline on haste, and then the Corey Ellis for the win, and uh, handshakes afterwards. It was all uh, baby sports- face, <laughs> super baby face-y. Yeah, all sportsmanship. And afterwards, uh, Nichols and Hayes talked in backstage comments about how proud they were of uh, Fletcher and Davis for carrying on Australian tag team wrestling into the future. This was a pure passing of the torch in the most effective way. There, it was, and so
1: holy crap, the dominance of Aussie Open finishing off this team. It wasn't like they yeah. scraped by and won them. There came a point where Aussie Open had it, and they dismantled them until they were done.
0: Yeah. So that was – it was a very, very good match. It was a terrific match. And it's a one that just sets up Aussie Open as uh, – for my money the one of the very best teams in wrestling right now and it certainly portrays them as the very best tag team in new japan
1: so where is it where is it where is it there it is (laughs) so (laughs) always on hand tag team of
0: 2023 for jeremy now there was some stuff afterwards here some stuff afterwards so uh bishamon came out to challenge now When Bishamon came out, I just, wait a minute, (laughs) we just saw that. Well, we didn't have to wait long to figure out what the real angle was here. We ended up getting House of Torture uh, running out and attacking everybody. They attacked Bishamon. They attacked Aussie Open. They even beat down Hanare and uh, Okan, who were out there seconding uh, the uh, uh, Aussie Open team for United Empire. Everybody's down at the end, except Yujiro and evil <laughs> cool.
1: cool cool cool. cool cool well
0: <laughs> not every match can be a classic so we're i guess apparently now this might be a a three-way and i mentioned this because more than once bishamon aussie open and house of torture ended up tangled up on this tour with house of torture because they're the ones that are seen as schmucks for good reason they've been portrayed as nothing but schmucks uh they have come out on top uh, they've gone so far that they're even using the Garrett and the Wrench on the Young Lions. Like Oscar Loibe and Oiwa have each taken the Wrench and the Garrett in matches here. That, so they are just cheating up to their eyeballs and getting beatdowns on everybody. But more than once, both Bishamon and Ossie Open have been a part of the same beatdown. So I have a feeling this could end up in some sort of three-way situation uh, for those tag titles there. Do uh, you think you that, never that match defend- would happen
1: at Resurgence?
0: Maybe I mean there's they're they're going to have to have main events for the Super Junior Finals as well because the, the Super Junior Finals has more than just the finals of the tournament so uh, it could be something there as well but resurgence is very very possible and uh, the well, Open is
1: super popular and they do have those strong titles
0: yeah absolutely I mean that could be something like that they could uh, boy they could even. Now, no that doesn't make it let's much. not go there yeah no, we're not gonna <laughs> but uh yeah it, it we'll see how they where they go with it but there are a couple of different places that could go resurgence super junior finals all those i think you probably
1: or you know okay so we're a month away from dominion the three top events in which these three teams could face off with each other i'm leaning towards house of torture and just oxy open being a feud and they just kind of beat down bishamon and that's kind of Boohoo! you're out of this picture right now. I think it's just gonna be a one on one, but Dominion, as long as Oxy Open comes out dominant, that's fine. Like I just I, if the, if it's a mead to an end of just another feud in, in order to put a notch in the belt of Oxy Open, because in no way, shape, or form do I think that evil and Yujiro Takahashi are the guys to end this run. Uh yeah, just fine. Build 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 up build up the build up the resume.
0: There you go. So we'll, we'll see where that ends up, but uh, yeah, that was how, that was how that tag team title uh, match ended there. So yeah, uh, it was uh, then we had a heck of a war. <laughs> this one was, uh, I have an entire page of notes that I will not read all of. Don't worry. But, uh, but it gives you an idea of how epic this match was. So we had Shingo Takagi against Taiichi for the King of pro wrestling title. And uh, <laughs> Colin is, by the way, Colin's with me on this. I wish the House of torture would just disband. Yeah. They drive me nuts too. I just mm-hmm value uh but especially to watch these guys uh the house of torture act the referee distractions the sneak this isn't stuff that new japan does well it always looks silly it, it always looks like the referee ought to just turn around and look he never seems to it just it never really pans out they don't do it effectively and usual is not a good wrestler so it's it's it gets frustrating in a lot of different directions evil can be good if he's in there with the right guy but this gimmick is kind of holding a lot of that back. So yeah. And this, this feels well, not- like
1: you are, you are squeezing as much blood from the stone, from the, from the stable as you can before it's really just not taken seriously anymore. Right now, evil is feuding for the tag titles. There was a point where evil was in the mix for the world title. And he is subjectively just gone down the card with this gimmick. So, you know, at some point, Evil is going to be the strong champion or the gimmick's going to be over. That's, that's the direction we're going.
0: But Shingo Takagi and Taichi, uh, here's a match that uh, has been going on. Uh, this rivalry has been going on between these two for a while. And they've really brought some interesting things to that King of Pro Wrestling title. This was the last clash for a while because afterwards, both men talked about moving on to other things uh taiichi jokingly saying i don't want to face this guy anymore this guy this hurts and then uh shingo just saying that he doesn't want to really go after that title he's on for another challenge as well so we'll see where.
1: what else do he need to prove with that title oh my god
0: <laughs> yeah so this one was uh a, 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 i can't remember the exact name they used for it, but the whole idea was uh you have five different ways to win a match so pinfall submission knockout TKO, that's referee stoppage, and then uh, the end countout. So you have to win the match by three of those ways. Now, you can't get it three of the same thing. It has to be three of those five in different ways. So once you pin a guy, you can't pin him again. Once you uh, make him submit, you can't make him submit again. You have to get the referee to stop it and blah, blah, blah. And they really worked that stipulation really, really good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Brad mentions here that this match was special. The ending had me jumping from my seat. I loved it so much. Yeah, the- it was really fantastic. And, uh, oh, Colin missed the match. He said he uh, he thought it was over after uh, – after the uh, tag match. So we missed this one. There's Why a whole
1: you... hour of programming. <laughs>
0: left. On you have to go back and on check it out. Of... Check it out. So let's talk about that. So, the provisional uh, Tatagi began...
1: triad match.
0: Triad match. Yes. Thank you very much. So uh, Shingo caught uh, just a various uh, pin combos right there to get the first fall. And uh, this was uh, this was just kind of rolling around on the mat in the scramble. And Shingo came up with a fall early there. So he got a pin. And then uh, let's see. Taichi then slipped out of a last of the dragon attempt,, because mm-hmm. now he'd, he'd gotten the, he got the pinfall, so I guess I don't know if he was going to try to go for a, uh, a knockout, you know, get the 10 count after uh, somebody is down, hitting last of the dragon, but uh, instead he got countered into a ghetto clutch. So fairly early in the match, each had burned their pinfall.. Mm-hmm. This was kind of brilliant, because the way they worked the rest of the match, the finishes and possible finishes sort of led to one another. I'll get into what I mean about that. So at this point, it's one-to-one, and each has the pinfall out of the way. Uh, they were exchanging a lot of hard shots, a lot of Bushido contests, you know, that whole I'm tough, you're tough, let's see who's tougher, where you kick each other in the leg or you hit, throw a hard clothesline. There were a lot of those hard clotheslines that they didn't sell, you know, they just kind of crashed like two rams uh, in nature, uh, you know, slamming heads. These two would just slam into each other in the middle of the ring with clotheslines that were really stiff. And eventually uh, there was a black Mephisto from Taichi coming out of one of those sequences. He hits his big move and Shingo could not uh, make it up to the 10 count. Referee counted 10. So that's that. So back to work they go. Shingo hit a big clothesline, big pumping bomber and last of the dragon. And Taichi meant for that, that pumping bomber, by the way, this is an interesting spot. Wasn't it Jerry? So he, <laughs> Really hard pumping bomber. Beautiful pumping bomber. Best pumping bomber you ever saw. It was supposed to be the finish for reasons known only to Red Shoes Uno. Even though Taichi clearly was not on his feet, and that was the rules. He had rolled up to his kind of his knees a little bit. He was selling how foggy he was. And then Red Shoe goes, no, she's back up. And they both look at him as like you're fucking kidding. Me.
1: <laughs> so they had sure. to do it. <laughs> so they
0: had to do another move. And so they just came up with well, we'll just do Last of the Dragon. We I was like, Wow, they're
1: really trying to sell this move. Yeah. Why? And then I was yeah. like, Oh, red shoe red, okay. red
0: shoes messed it up. <laughs> and so then they just said, Well, we'll just do made in Japan. And then he got the 10 count
1: off of that. It looked fine. I mean, it looked it went fine. It it was effective. It actually made the move look more devastating because you have to have to remember they've they've been going like 20, 25 minutes already kind of thing. Like the last fall took a very long time. Like they did not get to that last fall immediately.
0: No. And the other thing about it was now we've gotten the pin out of the way. We've gotten the knockout out of the way, the 10 count out of the way. Now we're down to what referee stoppage submissions Mm -hmm. and count outs. Both of those things work really well when both guys have been beaten to hell. And -hmm. they had at this point, the other part of it is the next one, was the victory. You didn't have to win by all five. You had to win by three out of the five. So a submission was possible. The referee stopping it in the same move. Any submission move, now you had two factors going on. Would the guy tap? Would Red Shoes stop it? And yet you still had the count out. And they teased every single one of those things over the next, what, 20 minutes or so. I, I have the, the time count's all here. And the, the, the two KOs was 25 minutes. This match went 43.
1: Yeah, saying, it went another 20 minutes, you yeah. know, like just the and There's so much drama at that end. Uh, yeah. Brad Ryder, he, he got it right here. This match was special. I love this so much. The ending had me jumping from my seat. So let's, let's talk about this ending uh, as it happened, because this was pretty spectacular.
0: They teased all those things. I mentioned that at, at one point, guys were outside of the ring and they barely got in in time for the count out because they were so beaten up. Uh, There was a a really terrific one that Shingo had where both guys were out of the ring. Taichi definitely got in at like 18 or 19. Shingo falls over at 19, dives in, and both groups were up on the ring apron arguing with Red Shoes over whether it was two or three. Interesting, we saw something here that we don't normally get, which is LIJ out at ringside with Mm -hmm with uh shingo so they were they don't normally support each other the way uh the other groups do on that uh sense anyway strong
1: faction warfare feel between the two groups like that they're, they're if you're on our team we're your ride or die right now
0: yeah and both uh both guys have big moves uh the stretch plum which is an old uh uh, t- uh kawada move uh, from uh, all japan wrestling the stretch plum that was what taichi used uh he uh there was a neck stretching move that Shingo used, and all of it was they, to the point that uh, Hiromu Takahashi almost threw in the towel on behalf of Shingo. There were other times when some of the members of Just Five Guys were wondering if they should call it off for Taichi. Very dramatic. And in the end, they had the stretch plumb on, kept wrenching it, wrenching it, wrenching it, wrenching it. And then finally, never quitting, never tapping out, but passing out, Red Shoes had to dramatically call for the bell and make it a TKO finish uh, on, on, uh, Shingo Takagi right there. And that was how it ended again, going out on his sword, not quitting. So he always has that didn't bury Shingo. He never quit, but, uh, the referee had to save him from himself. And once again, just like we saw in the tag match, uh, words of respect between the two afterwards in both directions. Uh, Taichi saying, I'd like to say, uh, we'll do it again sometimes, but I don't really want to fight you. (laughs) Uh, and also saying he wanted to take the king of pro wrestling title in his own direction. Uh, Shingo uh, wanted to go through these triads and and uh, very trial matches, win various different ways. He said he wants to do something else, we'll see what that is in the future. But I mean, great stuff, these two bring out the best in each other. Taichi seems to do his best work when he's against a really stiff bruiser. I mean, if he faces Ishii, if he faces Godo, it's all—it's like the you just—you have to hit him, and then it brings it out of him, you know. And it cracks me up because I remember when he was considered a lazy junior heavyweight, and the criticism wasn't totally invalid. I thought it was a little harsh at times, mm-hmm. but it wasn't one hundred percent invalid. As a heavyweight, no laziness, stiffness, motivated, hard work, Completely. drama. He's—he's he's one of the better guys in the company, and this was one hell of a match. I—I love what Shingo has done with the KOPW title, and it's not a joke. It is a serious championship. I think is going to bring that forward.
1: Yeah, I, they have legitimized the title. Shingo did a great job with that over the course of the last year and a half. It feels like he had it for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, just matches with here, there, and everywhere. Taichi seemed like the right guy to have it right now. The visual of Taichi and Hanada both with big titles, kind of a, a junior version of the two-man power trip. It's kind of a cool visual. And, uh, you know, United Empire is a stable. They're really getting behind. Just Five Guys is a stable. They're really getting behind. They're using Chaos. They're using LIJ to do so. It is, it is an interesting time in paradigm shift with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know if this is going to remain how it's going to be for a while, but right now, it is so exciting to see uh, different apps get pushed, and uh, different directions being taken that don't leave you scratching your head.
0: So let's go from here into uh, some of the notes from the last couple of days. Now that was that was the title matches. We didn't have any more title matches. We'll have plenty on Dantaku which we're going to get into in a moment. But that was the title matches from the tour. But there were some interesting events. Now, we had uh, a match in uh, Kum, was it, Kumamoto on the 30th in front of uh, 1,655 people, another strong crowd there for that building. And I would say uh, that the most interesting thing that happened in this one was in the Okada, Ishii, Yano, Honma match against Suzuki, Desperado, Ren Narita, and Oscar Loibe Now, the match only went 11-22, and, you know, Loi Bay was beating the course. But the key to this one was both Tomoaki Honma and Tomohiro Ishii were very interested when Okada grabbed the microphone after the match and said he was going to announce who the mystery opponent had been. It had been annoying, not really frightening, but annoying the strong style guys, no end as that they didn't know who the, uh, the opponent was. And, of course, they started saying, well, it's, it's nobody. He can't get anybody to team with them. We knew that wasn't true. But we were curious who it was, including us. We didn't really know. And so he got on the microphone afterwards. He said, I'll tell you who X is. X, number two, it's going to be me, Ishii, and Hiroshi Tanahashi, <laughs> which made <laughs> nobody happy at all. <laughs> it, it, it didn't excite speaking a Strong Style, who know they have to deal with an all-time legend. Even Honma had hurt feelings and marched off because Mahonma had been working all tour in storyline to prove his worth to Okada, and we all knew he was the underdog in that one. But poor
1: management skills here.
0: Well, Honma, yeah, and then Ishii just stormed out, so you know he was kind of left holding the holding the bag there in the middle of the ring. This is an interesting thing. It's going to be Tanahashi, Ishii, and Okada. He's got a very pissed off chaos. Uh, member there in ishii and you mentioned it before when we were talking about before going on you're just seeing angle alert everywhere on this action
1: i really am it just tanahashi coming back two weeks after a rib injury or three weeks after a rib injury is very very curious uh i do not doubt his superhuman abilities to heal and that uh, good old-fashioned recuperation for someone superhuman like Tanahashi is not out of the question. But a real, real good answer would be they needed him on this show for something. And I feel like we are going to find out what that is, whether it is Okada heel turn watch 23 finally touching <clears throat> ground, or if uh, the storm clouds are going to continue to circle and uh, better days ahead for all the, the opponents of Strong Style.
0: I wonder if Ishii is going to walk out on him. I wonder if it's Ishii that's going to leave chaos and tell him to bugger off. I mean, what? What if Ishii joins Strong Style? He could. You might, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't he? They actually could He's use it guy. He's perfect for it. He's perfect. He's perfect. Like you can always, watching you can watching also...
1: Okada, like cause his own stable to, to self destruct and then yeah. turning on Tanahashi out of frustration. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. Goal.
0: Ishii is a perfect member for strong style. Fourth member for strong style. They can even do the whole thing where Ishii and Suzuki can look at each other the same way. Narita and Suzuki looked at each other at first. was like you little rat bastard. Yeah, I know, but we both fight hard. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that too. And now they're buddies, right? And I think it could work great.
1: <laughs> you are predicting that Okada stable is going to fall into chaos.
0: Been working all week on that. I tell you what, yeah, right there. you're not a <laughs> right father. There. You're not a father, but the dad jokes are ready to go. The dad jokes are absolutely ready. To go. It be right there. Oh, I know it. There you have it. So, uh, yeah, that was that was so, the main thing on this one. So you, but you had called Matthew.
1: Called here says oh, he huh. would like to see as she turned heel. Now, hmm. would he? Would that mean turning with? Okada, or would you consider Strong Style to be a heel stable? Yeah, let let us know in the
0: comments. We'll put the comment up, and then we'll talk about it once you you answer that, because that's that's an interesting point there. So uh, what else out of this show here uh, in Kumamoto did you have your eye on, Jeremy? Because I know there was the elimination match at the end between LIJ and Just Five Guys. Uh, was particularly good. I mean, that if was stupidly no, fun. That
1: was really good. Yeah, that was one of those matches where I was just like, you know what? I really feel the faction warfare here. Like, I feel like this is two groups of people that have a rivalry. It may not hate each other, but competitively want to beat each other and want to say they're the better group. And for me, I'm here for that. I don't need the elite Blackpool Combat Club level of like blood and violence to get this angle over. Just two competitive groups of wrestlers saying, you know what, I am um, I am the bad guy. Like, I, I'm the guy, and you're not. Fine. Yeah. Great. Here for it.
0: There have been some really strong matches, by the way, on this tour. The, those preview tags have been good. I, I wanted to mention another uh, faction versus faction thing going on, and that's the United Empire at TMDK. Up and down. We've talked about the tag team title match. But, of course, the preview stuff between Zack Sabre... And Jeff Cobb have been really good. Fujita has been excellent in uh, being the guy that uh, fights hard but does the job in the end. Whenever he's been in there, so uh, a lot of uh, these little preview tags because certain factions are matched up with other factions that complement them very well. Uh, been really good undercards to watch too. But just fun, fun shows overall. And uh, right now, Brad mentions. I think the only heel stables are House of Torture and Bullet Club. Yeah, probably so. The rest seem to be either babyface or tweener.
1: I'd say Hontai is the only real, like, babyface, babyface, and everyone else has a little bit of tweener in them. Yeah,
0: and and that's fine. They can be rivals. And, I mean, that's always been the thing. Like uh, uh, For me, my favorite period of wrestling of all time is that All Japan stuff where they didn't really have babyfaces and heels, but you had people who were Tokiaki Kawada guys people who are Misawa guys, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. So uh, right now I think there are probably fans who are in the Sonata corner right now. Interesting, isn't it? Because Sonata was the crowd favorite against Okada, but the crowds have been pretty solidly Hiromu leading up to this. So it just shows you how everybody's in the middle and in a good way, the way New Japan present, presents it, it works.
1: The, uh, the audience is engaged and they're willingly getting behind whoever they want to. There are people that are just losing their mind for Shota Umino, and, so, and the same people are losing their mind for Ren, Nerida, Ren Narita. Yeah. Yeah. And then when they're in the ring with each other, they're deciding in the moment who they want to choose, or they're just choosing when the guy hits the other guy hard. Yeah.
0: And speaking of Bullet Club, Kenta is still doing the two sweet with fans during entrances while Finlay walks behind him, not feeling it. Brad Ryder's or Brad is is right uh correct he's uh Finlay is just on a different level of fan contempt right now than the rest of uh Bullet Club and uh, of course uh Kenta it especially helps you will definitely get a two sweep from Kenta if you buy his book
1: Finlay it's is the, the ultimate get off my lawn
0: yes yeah he's he's being well he's got to be the most cranky yes. right now because yes. he's getting himself established as the asshole leader of uh Bullet Club there but uh yeah it's it's a fair point that the other members of, and ELP was doing it before he mm-hmm. turned I don't think that Uh, Set up for a turn yet, but uh, they are uh, perhaps planting some seeds in the future. You could do that, and uh, yeah. And here's the while uh, Colin puts together his response. uh, New Japan treats it like sports, where in real life there aren't really heel or face teams, except the Green Bay Packers. They suck. Uh, But teams you don't like based on rivalries. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, But yeah, no, and that's and that's fair enough. It is. uh, It it does come down to just who your favorites are. So yeah, tribalism alive and well, people. They make it work. They make it work. So, uh, yeah, and that was one. uh, So the elimination match, of course, no surprise, that came down to Hiromu Takahashi and Sonata in the end, and Hiromu got the, uh, the win there. And when Sonata climbed to the top rope to try to deliver his Muto moonsault and Hiromu popped up, shoved him off the top rope to the floor. Uh, he took a, a very careful yet uh, still dangerous fall to the floor there and uh, which was very intelligent of him and uh, anyway that ended up being a win for Hiromu which was probably needed going into that match
1: So on the 5th, not much happened uh, in Beppu Yama Yama Beppu, Beppu Shi Oita Attendance 1006. There are only two things of note that I would say was interesting on that show one was the Bolton-Oleg versus Oscar match, which okay. went to a draw. Once again, I'm going to say that dude is slated for Bullet Club at some point. Bolton-Oleg has an aggressiveness about him that mm-hmm. I feel like they, it would not fit in any other stable the way that he is wrestling. I can't put my finger on it other than it is just super aggressive, catch-based wrestling that feels like he just wants to hurt the other guy.
0: If they ever want to replace Bad Luck Fale, they've got a guy waiting.
1: There you go. And then uh, Tanahashi returned at the uh, at the beginning of the show to come out and do a speech. But it was all Japanese. I didn't understand a single word of it. But it appears that he is back and he is going to be participating in future events that he has been advertised for. Yeah,
0: that's always good. I'm, gl- I'm glad he is. I'm glad he is. I am yes. curious how the angle's going. And uh, before we get into Don Taco in the preview for that, Colin has answered. He says, I don't really have a reason why i like to see he be a heel. I just would when I first saw up to NJ and saw the guy. I thought he was a heel. Turned out I was wrong. Yeah, he, it, it is funny. His style comes off heelish, doesn't it? Just that kind of a growling, kind of snarling guy. He's told and, to yeah, he told people. <laughs> he, he he makes it work as a babyface, just so tremendously. One of the ways is his selling, which is so good. I mean, he you know that he's tough, so he has a way of working to the other guy, knocking him down or staggering him in those forearm exchanges and the way he does it never looks cheesy. It always looks like, Oh, got him right in the ear or something like that. He's just really, really good at that. So, and, and then from there, he, he can even play the underdog role. Cause he's not the tallest guy in the world. And uh, it just, it just works as a baby face in a way that it really should has have
1: made. Paper, he has made the Hogan power up part of his everyday repertoire. Whereas <laughs> Hogan would do it once at the end of the match. It's just something he does five times in a match to power up and get out of to to move on to the next transition. It is amazing.
0: Oh, Brad, we have the smartest viewers. I love this, Brad. uh, Ishii is what Clint Eastwood would be if he was a Japanese wrestler. Yes! I've met Clint Eastwood.
1: That guy's there. Dick. Really? you met Clint? Oh, and he's a jerk? Oh, man. He he is an old man who lives in Northern California and is very well-to-do and does not have a whole lot of time for people wasting his time and that is the polite way of putting it
0: all right i got you all right well there you go uh hopefully she's friendlier i can't believe be i just
1: put that on there
0: no uh, <laughs> uh, well clint clint's, clint's a, a weekly viewer of speaking yes, strong yes, gonna, gonna get back to clint this is gonna yeah, get Eric right back oh uh, yeah yeah he's, he's watching right now plotting your uh, plotting your demise sad oh, story here uh, we missed him and we hardly knew you jeremy find stuff uh, moving on to tontaku uh so uh that's tomorrow morning it's coming right up on top of us here yeah we're kind of bummed it wasn't gonna be today this morning so we can actually
1: talk about it on this show i know
0: we're (laughs) gonna have to wait a week how are we gonna do it it's gonna be well you and i are gonna talk about it before that we're not gonna be able to wait a week but we'll we'll do it on the air here uh next tuesday and really go break it down this is
1: the first thing that frustrates me about duntaku the announcement of the riohe oiwa hat trick challenge
0: yeah what the heck what the heck, guys? You're going to put this thing on here where Uiwa goes, to, and he gets a TV title shot if he gets through it. Uh, so it's a gauntlet match, basically, isn't it? With Yudo Nakashima, Oscar Loibe, and Bolton Oleg. Uh, if he wins it, TV title shot, not going to be on the broadcast. Strictly uh, going to be for the live crowd there. So uh, If he can win I'm one, two, or three match. of
1: the matches, five-minute matches, if he can win one, two, or three of these five-minute matches, he could come away with some delicious prizes of Yakaniku Barbecue. With the wow. grand prize of 200,000 yen worth of Met and an NW, NJPW world TV title shot if he scores all three victories. Okay. So that's a lot of met. I just hope he gets the barbecue, honestly. Homeboy needs to book muscle on. You don't you don't want the two
0: hundred you want to not the two uh, thousand? I, I don't see
1: him getting past Bolton Oleg, yeah, but I if he either. can get past Yuto Nakashima and get some meat, uh, maybe he can maybe he can meet up and protein up and get through Bolton. We're assuming,
0: future. we're assuming the Met means to meet. Uh, they had the Met. Speaking of the Met, by the way, they have the Met Gala out here. Uh, the, the the big Met Gala. So every star is in town uh, in New York right now, uh, wearing their most ridiculous outfits. And uh, so that was just a uh, run
1: on Broadway with the stars. <laughs> uh,
0: I know. And I've been running around all day trying to find Sydney Sweeney, and no luck yet. Doggone it! I tell you what. So, uh, I, and if I, I do see her, it. I, I Maintain my uh, court-mandated 500-foot distance. I promise. So there you go. Uh, we have the uh,
1: OIWA <laughs> gauntlet
0: match, but uh, let's go over the undercard and then we'll get to the the, uh, the big matches here. We have uh, Yo uh, Toru Yano and Bishimon, so that's Goto and Yoshihashi, against uh, House of Torture. So Goto, Show, Evil, and Yujiro Takahashi. And uh, right now, if they're building up Evil and Yujiro. For a tag team title shot, I have a feeling it might go their way via some form of chicanery or cheating. Uh, they could always beat Dick Togo and do a beatdown afterwards, too. So I, I, I suppose this one could really go either way.
1: Mm, I, they're really trying to build up Evil and Yudro Takahashi uh, for that tag title match because I imagine they're probably going to get the win on that side.
0: Man, we have, again, this is a little bit awkward because we've already had this. It's like a preview tag match, but we've already had the match. And th- there's a couple of these here. So, uh, of course, uh, Aussie Open has already turned back the challenge of TMBK, but they're going to wrestle again. It's going to be Shane Hayes, Mikey Nichols, and Fujita against Great Okan, Kyle Fletcher, and Mark Davis. This does not look good for Fujita as far as the results go, but it'll probably be a darn good match.
1: Yeah, I uh, I kind of feel like you're right. Fujita's uh, in, in a lot of danger here. Watch out, little, <laughs> little Fujita. <laughs> Okan might eat you. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun match. I'm always here for Aussie Open. It is clear between the the guys in the forefront of this match that they're all going to be capable of doing out great stuff. But it's an undercard match. The, the main stuff is already delivered, and we shall see what happens afterwards.
0: Kevin Knight, Kushida, and Shota Umino against Aaron Hanare, Francesco Akira, and TJP in another match that is basically a preview tag, a post view tag of a match, a title match that's already happened. Uh, so uh, Knight, Kushida, and Umino, uh, that's an interesting uh, group together right there. Again, this is going to be another really good uh, match, and uh, we'll just have to see who ends up doing the job and if there's some sort of angle coming out in the future, possibly. Uh, who knows? But uh, six very capable guys, and uh, it'll it'll be a good match.
1: Putting Hanare and Shota Umino together is very curious, and I'm wondering if there are more plans for that going into the future.
0: Yeah, there's a lot they could do with Hanare. I mean, any babyface champion, aside from the World Heavyweight title, he's not ready for not at a Sonata level yet, but you could do... King of Pro Wrestling with Hanare would make a lot of sense. He just challenged yeah. for it, but uh, you know there's there's there are places there are, there are places to go with Hanare. I, I think he's uh, on the way up as well there. So
1: he's on the way up, but he's also a guy that Shota should be beating on his way up as well. So mm. it is it is a yeah, yeah. it is a curious placement of, of people in this match. Shota and Kushida and Kevin Knight. if not a trio that I would have immediately gravitated to, but I mean to an end. Yeah, and they st- and they're
0: still doing that slow burn with Shota, aren't they? The- where he's just not quite getting the big wins, but maybe this will be a small win that he can grab here. How, How about,
1: about that know level uh, get up that he came out with in the baseball, the baseball jersey and the backwards cap and the and the puffy pants? Like, man, that that the crowd loves it. They Start, yeah. love it. He's they getting it. over with
0: that. He's getting over with it. We they have uh, Doki Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Taichi against Shingo Naito and Bushi, and. Uh, just like Fujitou is in major trouble in his match, Bushi's in some trouble here. Although Kanemaru might do the job, but probably not, coming right off a of title shot. So uh, either way, uh, again, this just goes to the faction rivalry here. Doesn't matter who wins this and who loses this one so much. It'll just be a good match on the show.
1: Yeah, I'm uh, I'm leaning towards LAJ kind of getting a little bit of shine back. Since, uh, just five guys have been winning a lot of matches, and they're probably winning another one tonight.
0: And then we will have the title matches, and we'll begin with this one, the strong title of Kenta against Hikuleo. Now, Hikuleo's an underdog in this one, certainly. They haven't really built him up to take the title off Kenta. We can't discount it, though, because it's been really one-sided as far as post-match beatdowns go. And I think it's interesting, Jeremy, that they have been careful almost to – put Kenta over like it's Kenta that's going to have to still look strong coming out of this one. Uh, Hikuleo's just been taking ass whooping after ass whooping after ass whooping uh, and post-match beatdown after post-match beatdown. Then he has a title match, and he hasn't really come out on top of much of any of this. So, again, uh, you know, for the strong title, Kenta is a good gatekeeper, you've mentioned before. Do you think it's time for them to switch it and put it on Hikuleo to make the run, or are we seeing a retention here?
1: I am going to lean towards retention. I do not feel that Hickaleo is strong enough to be a title holder in general, because it would require him to have different matches that he has now. Uh, maybe that's something that he needs to do and he needs to have, but I don't know. I just feel like if Tamatonga doesn't have that other title and Tangooa potentially could be returning soon, the three guys together just doing, doing their stuff, uh, and better days ahead seem a better plan than putting the strong title on Hikaleo while his brothers are coming around. Do you think Tangaloa could be the, uh, the guy in that video, by the way, the one that's coming, coming soon?
0: Uh, possible. That it, was, was
1: another guy that came across my radar the other day. And I just figured I'd mention it. I'm, still, I'm still hoping for Yotasuji in that role, but we'll I am too, I'm but soon. yeah. We'll but uh, yeah, uh, hypothetically speaking, I could see Hikaleo winning because he hasn't. And, I could see an argument for him being time, but my instinct says that uh, Kenta is better suited for that belt right now.
0: Yeah, there's there are things that you can also do with Kenta in the United States. He's actually a bit of a draw, uh, maybe not on the level of some of the other people, certainly not on the level of Monet or or some of the other folks there. But for, but for the strong things, bringing Kenta to the United States after – Having his run in WWE and things makes a lot of sense. The argument for Leo like you said, is just to try to launch him into something uh, on uh, on Strong there. So next up, we have the television title. This is a 15 minute sprint match between Zack Saber Jr. and Jeff Cobb. Very much looking forward to this one, of course. Uh, Jeff is uh, Zach's a great opponent for Jeff, isn't it? Because he can take almost any power move, and Jeff can give him almost any power move. But then there's always that hint of danger for Jeff that Zach could come up with some really wild and strange counter mm-hmm. and end up having him twisted around in knots. We've seen hints and little teases of things like that in their preview tags where he's turning power moves into uh, things like sleepers and submissions. It's uh, going to be the biggest challenge of his TV title run next. Uh, the argument for switching the title here would, I think, be simply to just go a different direction with Zach. If you mm-hmm. have something else, for zach more than anything else and make Cobb the gatekeeper and it's possible they could be doing that but Cobb doing quick fast-paced 15 minute matches doesn't make a ton of sense to me so i sense that somehow zach's either going to get a draw or come out of this maybe with a count out win or sneak a pin in somehow or something in that nature i I feel like zach's still going to be the tv champion after this
1: i tend to agree with you uh I don't think that a 15-minute sprint is exactly Jeff Cobb's wheelhouse, but it is to show in his versatility that he is capable of doing it. He was doing matches like that all in earlier in his career in Lucha Underground and stuff gotcha. like that. There was never a match that was uh, shorter than that longer than 15 minutes when he was doing them back then. And he's way better now than he was back then. So as the number two of United Empire, it would be strange to take the number one guy from another stable and belt the number two guy. Of another one. But this is also the one of the top stables and one of the top stars in New Japan that we're talking about. It is not. okay. Jeff Cobb is a guy that at any given night could win a title on any given show. Okay, And that is my argument for him winning. But I don't think this is the night that he is going to win it on any.
0: And Brad's killing me here. This could be the first time limit draw and coin toss. There's no coin toss anymore. That was Reach just the tournament. Brother. Just the tournament. It's only in the
1: Testified. tournament.
0: It's not a bad finish here for the 15-minute draw for Zach to retain and keep it.
1: Not to have I felt so bad. There was another show that John Rocket did where he referenced the coin toss. <laughs> and I was thing. like, this is entirely my fault. <laughs>
0: it's not a thing. It's not a thing.
1: It was only it was the, got the tournament. It was on the main flagship <laughs> thing. And I gave him information and he paired it off and Uh, i was like i made a huge tiny mistake (laughs) (laughs) there you go so you know but uh
0: yeah it it draws definitely in play here for that so uh never open weight six-man title angle alert as we've been thinking Minoru suzuki ren narita and desperado against okada ishii and tanahashi now as we mentioned this could be a lot of different things uh could be the could be the beginning of an Okada heel turn. It could be Ishii being so frustrated that he walks out. It could be simply Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi finding newfound respect for one another and winning this thing. There's a lot of ways it could go. could uh, also, of course, be a retention that could cause more tension on the challenger side. So the argument for keeping Suzuki, Narita, and Desperado as the six-man champs only is that it's building up I think very effectively Ren Narita as somebody who's on that level. And it's just a really good bunch of workers over there, Suzuki Desperado and Narita. So I would have no problem with them retaining the title and it causing that tension. Uh, it doesn't have to boil over at, uh, Don You could build things up for dominion or wherever. There's a lot of ways you could do it. Uh, If Okada Ishii and Tanahashi take it, you would still have that tension, wouldn't you, uh, as a possibility. So, again, this one could go either way. It just kind of depends on where they're going with the angle and who's going to end up angry at who. And I I think somehow that Okada Ishii and Tanahashi could end up angrier at each other than they are with uh, Strong Style right now.
1: I think Strong Style is on a much more unified page, and that is going to benefit them greatly in this match. Now, we talked earlier that Ashii could walk out on Okada. Now, what if Okada walked out on Ashii mm-hmm. and El Desperado got the win over Ashii in the match, leading back to Ashii beating El Desperado at Capital Collision three weeks ago?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of ways it could go here. And I do find it's interesting that at the last week, they've woven Ishii into this storyline who really wasn't there. It was Okada and two X's. And then all of a sudden, Ishii is one of the X's. And then all of a sudden, he's not happy about the other one. He said, if it's Tanahashi, I'm out. And then they announced it's Tanahashi. He didn't withdraw. He's still in it. It, it, it feels like this angle might be more about him than it is the other two. Maybe we're just misreading this, but uh, it See, feels... Okada's been a dick.
1: And at some no. point, his dickness is going to get real bad.
0: It's, and it's going to make somebody snap on him. And you know, right now, Narita just might be the, uh, the kindling that uh, leads to the fire. But it's, it has the feel of... Ishii has had very little to do other than just have good matches, Mm -hmm. which is a fine job to have, right? But he hasn't really been in the mix for any titles. He has mostly gone over to AEW and just lost on Dynamite to to a crowd, about one-third of whom know who he is. He hasn't really been in the mix. So it's almost like he's been lying low a little bit like how Sonata had been lying low Mm -hmm. for a couple of months before they triggered on him. So I'm not talking a world heavyweight title run for Ishii in the next couple months. It's not what I mean. What I think they might be doing, though, is setting up for, okay, here's what we had in mind for Ishii, which is a shakeup. Uh, he's been the second or third guy in Chaos a long
1: time. Time to do something else. Remember how we were talking earlier about Ishii joining Strong Style? Okada walks out on him in this match. He loses to Strong Style, and then he decides to join them. Yeah,
0: they, they offer the olive branch. They said, you're one of us. You know you're one of us. Deep down, you're one of us. That, and, would, be, uh, that you, would be pretty cool. Yeah, could be. Uh, Never open way title, Tama Tonga and David Finlay. Uh, the build up to this has been real good. You know, Finlay has been uh, a proper jerk. Uh, Tama Tonga, a proper babyface going into this. I feel like that title, about right there, is the one thing Finlay really needs right mm-hmm. now. And I feel like he probably accomplished that same mission. Like that was what Tama Tonga needed when he first turned babyface. I think he's held it long enough that I don't know if he needs it anymore. Uh, it, this feels like it's time to put it on Finlay and give that extra juice to his turn. That's just my feeling on it. If Tamatonga retains here, I'm not going to complain. He's been a good never a champion. Uh, but it feels like Finlay could use it more than he could to
1: establish him. The stank of the Carl Anderson run of the never title is gone. Uh,
0: you're never going to get over it. It'll Tamatanga, never be re- like, No, no, We're, we're
1: moving it. on. We're moving on. I'm, I'm using it as an example. We have gotten past it, the stank is gone. Tamatonga has done well to reestablish it is a viable title ever since the new Japan cup where I saw that after a battle in the Valley. And I circled that bracket with Tamatonga and David Finley. I'm like, those dudes are fighting for the never open weight title and it's happening soon. It's happening. And this is the time for it to happen. Unless they pull the trigger on the ELP. Yeah. David Finley uh, feud. And go with that to cost him the opportunity at the title but i think it's far more likely that elp is the challenger at dominion for that title,
0: and that would be fine with me either direction they could they could go either direction where they just make it a grudge feud without the never open weight title and elp comes back and does yes. something to finlay to cause it that's fine uh it makes a little a little bit more promotional sense for finlay to win it here that to be the thing that boils over with ELP. Oh, you've got the never-open-way title. I can't stand that. There's no way I'm going to watch you walk around with that belt now and have him come back and challenge him for it. That does make a lot of sense right there. They like said, job done with Tomatonga, especially if Tonga Loa is, is coming back. Uh, there are things to do in that direction.
1: With Dominion, fin- Forbidden Door 2, and G1, it makes a lot of sense to put Finley in a place of prominence. But, you know, they could go either way.
0: And the thing is, if they do decide to go six-man, never-open-weight titles and, and Strong Style retains, and then if – I'm doing mm-hmm. a lot of Fs here, granted, so I'm, I'm fantasy booking in my head right there. But if Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi are tangled up in something after not winning the never-open-weight six-man title, Gorillas of Destiny and Hikaleo make real nice challenge. There you go. Yeah, so that's, that's a possibility. World Heavyweight Championship, the IWGP World Heavyweight title, uh, on the line here, Sonata and Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, you know, do I think that Hiromu has much of a chance in this match? I don't. I. The only way that Hiromu would win this is if they just really wanted to launch him into the stratosphere. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense in this time of year to do it. It doesn't make a whole lot. So I think this is going to be a win for Sonata. But... Having your champion win a big match that's going to be great, a really great match in a main event spot against a terrific wrestler, nothing wrong with a successful defense here either. Sonata needs to hold this thing a little while longer. doesn't have to be a very long-term champion to get the job done. Uh, but I feel like this is going to be a, a
1: got to have at battle. least one title defense.
0: Seems like it. Seems yeah. like
1: it. yeah. This feels like a gimme for him to have the first title defense. Um I think that they're going to have a tremendous match. I think I think the outcome is pretty obvious. We are. I was thinking about the anniversary show. I lost my train of thought there for a second. I had to recover it. I was sure. thinking about the anniversary show back in March, and they did not have Hiromu versus Okada because they'd done it the year before. And I was like, it's really interesting they didn't do the traditional heavyweight versus junior heavyweight match. And it looks like they had it on the books, but because of the storyline implications, it made way more sense to have a passionate version of it as former stablemates as well, competing for a title and uh, making it a little more personal than just business.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's interesting too, is that um, these two in particular, uh, and I guess this is also true of Bushi and, and Sonata, but uh, didn't run into each other that much, even when they were, they ran into each other less than Naito and Sonata did because Naito and Sonata would sometimes be in the new Japan cup together. They would be in the same block of the G one. And sometimes they would rest, but being in two different weight classes, Sonata was never in best of super juniors and Hiromu never been in the G one. So as these guys are wrestling each other in these previews, I'm watching this just going, I don't feel like I've actually seen these guys have aggressive contact with each other other than as you know, tag team partners and multi-man matches. And it's just the idea of seeing these two, uh, their skills actually match up really nicely. And what Sonata does in the ring, what Hiromo does, I think this is going to be a really good match. And it dawned on me that I don't think I've even seen like, when would they have even met in a tag team match against each other. I, maybe it has happened. I have to look it up on Wrestling Data or something. But uh, it's possible. This, this is fresh.
1: This is absolutely yeah, fresh. it's very
0: fresh. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: no, I this match is going to over deliver from the expectations. Um, I think people will it because of the outcome. Is typically not in question, but there's a lot of matches that Okada had that the outcome no. wasn't in question and it still didn't matter. The match is tremendous.
0: There you go. And it'll send him into uh, Best of the Super Juniors. So, uh, you know, it, it, we'll was fine. a made man. Yeah, no, it hurts we'll him fine. not a bit. All right. Anything else it. that you wanted to add, Jeremy, before we move on to this one? We're almost out of time. And then next week, of course, we're going to be looking at that Don Toku card. We'll have almost an entire week to digest it and really get an idea of our. Thoughts and feelings for New Japan going forward. Try I get some
1: resurgence news. Uh,
0: hopefully, we'll get more of a card coming after that. Once all these title matches are decided, then they'll know what to do with Kenta, right? I mean, you know, yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Well, well, if there's nothing else to add, well, you want to wrap it up with anything you want to promote or plug?
1: No, I was on the wrap this past weekend, talking the first week of the draft, uh, pushing Gunther as my pick for the Raw World Champion uh, going forward. So, if you want to hear about why I'm right and Gunther is the pick. Go find The Wrap on Fight Game Media Podcast.
0: All right. And so here we go, Brad. Uh, before we go, I'm interested to see what happens, mainly since tomorrow is Bullet Club Day, 10th anniversary of the formation. Fin- of Finley's
1: shooting down a lot of love on that one. So it <laughs> could, could, could just be I win a belt and you all suck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Finley's uh, definitely the or the grouch of uh, the business right now. So with that in mind, he's Jeremy Feinstone. I'm Stephen Conway. Thank you for watching and listening to uh, Speaking of Strong Style. We'll Got be back it. next week. <laughs> And we'll go over Don Taco. So And I'll be back home and in a hotel room. Uh, not in a hotel room. I'll be back in my office where everything makes sense and I know where my stuff is. So hopefully I'll do a better job. We'll see you next time. Thanks for watching and listening. We'll be back soon.
1: Five Star Podcast.